Well, we are very fortunate now to welcome another developer here on XEP for our interview segments. This time we are welcoming Bartek Leszakowski. I'm going to say that for me, my friend, from Plot Twist Games to discuss the last case of Benedict Fox, which is just out recently. Bartek, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for invitation. I'm ecstatic to have you here to celebrate your game. Obviously, you guys just came out. Before we go too far, though, I am terribly embarrassed that I butchered your name, and I would love for you to tell us how to pronounce it properly. No, it, it was perfect. Uh, I'm Bartek Leszakowski. Well, it is great to have you here, of course, to talk about the last case of Benedict Fox. But before we do that too, and go too far in there, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, Plot Twist and kind of find out uh, a little bit about the studio. How long have you guys been making games? Yeah, so uh, it's a complicated story. We started a long time ago, but we uh, we were called Awesome Industries back then. Mm -hmm. And we started with some mobile games and some work for hire. Mm -hmm. uh, then we uh, jumped into the software world. Uh, and for, for many years, we were uh, develop developing strictly software. Mm -hmm. And only after we came up with the idea of Benedict, we decided to split the company and uh, Awesome Industries still create software and mm -hmm. Plot Twist um, uh, became the company uh, purely focused on making the last case of Benedict Fox. Gotcha. That's really cool. Fantastic. Now, uh, is this the first game in which you've been the creative director? Yes, indeed. Oh, wow. So that's that's big, big, uh, kind of a big step, then, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is uh, surely a uh, challenge, but uh, it was also a dream of mine. So, so a welcome challenge. Very cool. Well, congratulations on the release then of Benedict Fox, because I'm sure that was uh, big. How long have you been uh, working in game development? Uh, so I joined the company uh, at the start of the software um, years. So, so uh, in the meantime of uh, when we were creating software, we also tried some uh, making some games uh, and some prototypes on the side. So, so uh, because we are players, we want we always wanted to make games. So uh, we tried to. Um, Every year or so, we tried another concept and another concept uh, until we, we decided that uh, Benedict Fox is, is, is something uh, worth uh, chasing. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we, when we transitioned uh, and we split into plot twist, uh, we completely um, committed to, to making only this game. And uh, for me also, it was a... Uh, first dive into the uh, full game development. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations. That's so cool. The uh, the premise of The Last Case of Benedict Fox is uh, just wild when you think about kind of this, you're going to limbo, you're a detective, uh, you're in what, what feels to me very Lovecraftian type elements. And I, I don't know if this is the intention, and I'm curious, uh, Edgar Allan Poe elements seem to, to kind of fall in line here at various points uh yes. you're nodding does that so is that true yes then, then that is true uh, so uh, i see a keen eye <laughs> uh fellow detective yeah uh, <laughs> yeah we, uh, we the game is full of uh of uh, uh maybe not strictly easter eggs but uh 
um, we did hide many, many, uh, in many aspects, uh, some slight nods to both Edgar Allan Poe, uh, Lovecraft, and uh, different creators from the era. Interesting. Now, talk to me about the inspiration then, because what you've got is a Metroidvania-like game uh, with those, you know, those Lovecraftian elements, those Edgar Allan Poe vibes here and there. Um, What was the inspiration of this? How did the idea come together? Uh, So the idea, actually, um, I had the idea because I Whenever I, I go to work, I, I pass an abandoned mansion. So every time I, I pass the mansion, I, I thought about uh, what may have happened that the mansion is in, in such a state and, and uh, what could have uh, happened to the mansion owners. Mm-hmm. So this became like the backbone of the, uh, of the story. And uh, uh, just that one night, I also um, came up with the idea for the character mm-hmm. and uh, those two ideas over time uh, merged and uh, basically uh, uh, created the, the structure for the story of the game. So Bartek, that would imply that not only are you working in kind of a creative director role, but are, did you also write the game or did you have help writing the game? I wrote most of the game, yeah, with with uh, help of uh, two other uh, people. One of which is uh, Kuba, who also is a senior concept artist. Gotcha, that's fantastic. So I love the idea that you're every morning on the way to work passing a an abandoned mansion. That's yeah, <laughs> haunting, strange, awesome, all of the yeah. above, and beautiful. Yeah. Is it? Oh, wow. That's that's amazing. So uh, were you always a fan of kind of the Lovecraftian elements or the detective elements, both? Like, where did that element of it come from? Yeah, yeah. So so um, not only me, but but many people in the studio, uh, we we think of ourselves as creative bunch, but we do like and always liked uh, creepy stuff. And uh, uh, it was um, inevitable that that we will uh, turn into that that direction, even though the story initially was more detective-like than than Lovecraftian. Mm -hmm. When we were trying to figure out the timeline of the of the game, uh, we initially thought that it will be it will take place in the modern times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the story elements didn't uh, exactly uh, work with modern times with our um, technology and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we uh, uh, we went back in time, uh, first to the 50s, to the 40s, and then we landed in the 1920s, uh, which made much more sense uh, uh, when it comes to technology. So uh, from there, it was a, a no-brainer to uh, leap into uh, Lovecraftian uh, vibes. We even thought uh, to maybe put H.P. Uh, Lovecraft as a character himself in the game, uh, but uh, uh, we decided on his friend, uh, Harry Houdini. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Now, how much research goes into that then? Because that is a to do a detective uh, story, you obviously have to do plenty of, of kind of pre-puzzle solving yourselves, but then 
to make things make sense and to have them line up with previously established lore plus the lore of your game. That sounds to me like a lot of research. Yes, it's a lot of research. Uh, at the start, we, we picked a bunch of movies, we picked a bunch of books and, and uh, uh, some music that we knew that we all have to uh, listen to, watch, and read uh, in order to, to think alike and to create a cohesive world. And uh, uh, some of it was um, aligned with our interests. So, so most of us knew uh, Lovecraft uh, works and, uh, and uh, books of Agatha Christie and so on. So, mm -hmm. so uh, it came easy. Um, but uh, to take this and to create uh, our own detective story with own puzzle puzzles mm -hmm. was a puzzle on its own. So mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun, but it was challenging for sure. For the game to fall into the Metroidvania category, obviously there's a lot of uh, puzzles you have to solve on the back end in terms of level design and planning out the roots of the player, not just the puzzles they need to solve in the moment. Uh, but I would have to think that that laying it out, storyboarding out the level design is its own unique process compared to, say, uh, a, a to B platformer kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and initially, we even thought about this game being uh, more uh, linear. Mm -hmm. But when we came up with the idea of companion and, and this gift of uh, entering human psyche, mm -hmm. it quickly turned out that uh, to visualize uh, like human psyche and and stream of thoughts uh, we need to create very chaotic and complex levels so mm -hmm. it uh, kind of uh, create this maze-like uh, structure and uh, what other genre uh, uh, deals with with this the best metroidvania so it, it kind of evolved on its own and uh, uh, and after maybe a few months uh, we thought to ourselves oh okay we wanted a uh, linear game but uh, it looks like we are creating metroidvania so mm -hmm. it was a surprise to us also that's fascinating now the game opens of course uh and i, I should have prefaced this for the player uh we open the game we are investigating the death of our father and then we are able to enter into I, I I would word this, and I don't feel this is too spoilery for anybody, but we're able to enter his memories. Is that a fair statement? I wouldn't... Yes. Yeah. Trying to dance yes. around certain plot things here, but um, <laughs> we're able to enter into his memories and then investigate uh, his murder. Exactly. Yeah. That is a, a morbid place to go uh, for sure, but I feel like it wonderfully accompanies the art style that you guys have chosen. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about the inspirations for the art style, the color palette uh, that you guys ha have cultivated here? Yeah, so, so we we have this rule that um, we are looking for contrasts everywhere. So uh, because we think that w where there are contrasts, there is some friction, and where when where there is friction, there's something interesting. So. Uh, uh, we knew that we have the potential to create a beautiful graphic. We, we knew that uh, we have uh, great graphic designers, great concept artists. So uh, we were sure that if we want to 
show the, the our full capability uh, we need some uh, um, some uh, idea for the environments that uh, won't hold us back hence the uh, the human psyche and uh, Usually, this kind of uh, stories, or, or maybe everything even connected to, to Lovecraftian mythos, is very grim and dull. And, and we wanted to, to uh, liven this up a bit. Uh, so we came up with this, uh, as some people say, Burton-esque uh, style, which is very pleasant to look at but contrasted uh, with a very grim story and very uh, mature uh, topics create the friction that uh, i've talked about i see that makes good sense i uh i found that multiple times there were there were portions where that contrast made a huge difference in me just stopping and looking and observing the environment and uh kind of seeing the depth there's there's a really cool depth thing that you guys do with the camera where certain objects will obscure our vision and they'll be shadowed out and then that gives a huge contrast to what's in the foreground background and whatnot um how long did that art style take to come up with like to play around with to get right yes so it, it was a long evolution and i think that uh, what we've ended up with uh, maybe crystallized at around the second year of development mm -hmm. uh, because it was a challenge after challenge after challenge because we knew that we want we, we wanted to uh, avoid this feeling of watching a play so we didn't want to cut the environment as you say our environments span from under the camera uh, far into the distance and we wanted to put the player straight in the in the in the center of the action so uh, it was very challenging to uh, connect this idea with the idea of this uh, very maze-like environment. So we had to create very fluid and dynamic camera that would uh, uh, follow Benedict uh, naturally uh, through this maze. Uh, it was uh, something that uh, uh, at first seemed kind of impossible, uh, especially given the, the size of our studio, but, but we were very stubborn and uh, we are very proud of how the game looks. As you should be. Now, uh, that begs the question, how big is the studio? Right now, we're uh, 30. Uh, mm -hmm. But we started with five people because, as mentioned, after splitting the company, we basically uh, had to create the team from the scratch. And uh, uh, so for a few months, it was five people, then 15, then 20. And right now, there's uh, 30 of us here. Wow, okay, goodness then. Uh, and you said that uh, you had figured out the art style kind of early on, and uh, you mentioned, I think, I want to say two-year time. How long did, have you guys been working on Benedict Fox then? So full three years for the, for, the whole, for the whole team, and maybe half a year to a year for me uh, uh, before that to, to prepare and to pitch the game, to create uh, game design documents and so on. That would imply that you guys started during COVID time, yes? Yes, yes. We, oh, we, no small task. COVID baby, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, is that difficult, you think? Did that give different types of pressure to have to make that pitch during uh, pandemic time, different, different types of uh, the development changes that might take place? Uh, 
Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, mm, uh, hiring new people and and creating a team from new people, it's it's hard enough on its own. And when you got to deal with the COVID, then you need to deal or or maybe deal with the consequences of war in the neighboring country. It's it for sure isn't uh, easy. But uh, fortunately, we have a wonderful team and and. Um, uh, we got extremely lucky that we found people that we did. Yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly is a joy to play now. Uh, we, we were talking about the atmosphere before I got distracted. And I think kind of going hand in hand with the, the visual art style is the sound design and some of the really powerful music that you guys have, uh, pardon my dog, uh, that you have accompanying some of the, the more emphatic moments of Benedict's journey. Uh, can you talk a little bit about sound design and then how the how important the role of music is uh, in that journey yes so the uh, to achieve the atmosphere and atmosphere in such a game is uh, crucial uh, especially if we want to to create this feeling of immersion uh, we knew that the graphic side will be fine but we to to add more and to build uh, we wanted to have music that would both be uh, just creepy enough uh, that would uh, it would give players the chills, mm-hmm. and uh, it would be still period correct uh, because uh, 1920s was a jazz era, and uh, we wanted to have just enough jazz that players will uh, feel that they landed uh, straight into 19, 1920s. And so we uh, contacted Antonis Skolias, who is our composer, mm-hmm. uh, who actually worked mostly in theater before. So uh, it was very cool to hear this completely fresh for, for games uh, ideas and uh, to work together and figure out what could work and what couldn't work in, in our game. Uh, for example, the initial idea to have this uh, very 1920s jazz uh, was a kind of was a miss because uh, back then it was a popular music it was a dance music so it was much much too cheerful so we had to uh, search for uh, a bit uh, later jazz that that's more uh, unsettling sometimes or melancholic or, or not that easy and not that catchy mm-hmm. but it suited the game much more I have heard other I've heard reviewers say, and I absolutely and vehemently agree with there are moments of, of escalation and tension with that music that they, it reminds them of like a Hans Zimmer type yeah. of approach where like that really powerful like gong happens. Mm-hmm. Um, even early on when you you know find the body of your father and stuff and that's that's opening stuff guys. so anybody that's okay. listening, fear not, Thank you're you. okay. Yeah. Um, I would say that to, to Antonis because the first thing that he said uh, uh, when we decided to work together, that um, he said, uh, "Give me some time, and I will be the Hans Zimmer of games." So, <laughs> no way! Did he really say that? Yeah, that's so cool. What a neat like kind of connection there. Yeah. That's that's really neat. I uh, I'm curious as I as I kind of look at our our. I've talked so much about the art and the atmosphere and the writing. Uh, 
that I want to kind of loop back to a bit of the, the gameplay elements here. Uh, there were choices made to let Benedict go hand to hand with some of our, our monsters and foes, which in Limbo, uh, are, are they memories? Are they Maleficent entities? What are our primary bad guys that we are fighting? Yes. So the first idea was that there will be kind of a manifestation of, of um, human uh, 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 psychological faults, errors, or or maybe uh, uh, illnesses. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a, maybe a step too far. So 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 we uh, we landed somewhere in between. We don't exactly say what they are, but they are made of a substance substance that we call ink, and this ink kind of represents. Uh, um, this uh, uh, evil force that can uh, take human mind because as we all know there is something dark in all of us sure. and if we want to uh, uh, learn to control it it can take over and uh, this is kind of the backbone of the story and, and backbone of the idea for the enemies there is a the, the physical combat with them uh you can go you know x button and, and melee on them but then you can also charge up your pistol uh in that and kind of get a good old shot off on them uh can you talk to me about the idea behind like how you wanted to, the player to physically combat these enemies yeah so, so since benedict is not a superhero he's just very smart and agile uh we wanted to uh support the horror or or, or very maybe um, claustrophobic feel of the game and we wanted to put player into uncomfortable situations in which he will have to um, use his reflexes and wit especially mm -hmm. uh, since benedict cannot uh, pass through play uh, pass through enemies he needs to use uh, the full arsenal of uh, his companion skills or uh, different items to, to control the battlefield. And uh, we wanted to, for him to jump in, take a few swings with the knife, uh, jump back, and then uh, shoot from safe positions, for example. So most of the scenarios uh, demand from players that they will uh, uh, adjust that they will plan ahead and that they will uh, approach the combat in a more tactical way. For it to be a Metroidvania though, that would mean that you have to design kind of a range of abilities and things to discover. Is it tough as the creative director to decide what's important to give the player early on midway through at the end and kind of hone that? Oh yeah. Yeah, we made every kind of mistake uh, on the way. Um, so initially, we uh, gave Benedict so many abilities uh, that we ourselves <laughs> got lost uh, early on. And, and we've learned the, the hard way that we need to uh, pace the game, especially since it's still a detective game. So it starts mostly with questions and intrigue so this is challenging on its own and if we uh, add to those questions with another abilities that you have to learn it quickly uh, can become 
um, overwhelming. So, so we had to both stretch a bit the, 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 the initial game flow and stretch uh, the moments of uh, giving the players new abilities. So we tried to approach this, um, this uh, idea uh, a bit differently than other Metroidvanias, where you usually just find the, uh, the skill in the environment. You have this envir uh, environment that you can test it out, and then you go on and explore further. And we tried to uh, give the players very different uh, Metroidvania locks and keys. So not all of them are just pure skills. And so some of them are puzzles, some of them based on players' knowledge, not not, uh, uh, not Benedict's knowledge. So uh, it added up to the challenge of, of creating this, but uh, we thought that uh, uh, we value vari variety of gameplay even more. Mm -hmm. and then you, you guys also built in uh, to to the menu system, like if the puzzles are too hard, you allowed the player to uh, ease them, skip them, uh, so they could continue to enjoy the game, which I thought was uh, pretty darn cool. But I'm curious if that's tough, uh, tough not, not tough to do, but a tough decision to make as a creative director. Like, do we let our players skip this thing that we created? Mm -hmm. and no, so we wanted this from the get-go. So the, the only really tough part is to do it very early on. Because if you think about it ahead and you plan and you create all of the mechanics uh, with this in mind, it's not that hard. But usually uh, it, it's easy to fall into a trap where uh, you have the game completed almost, and then you think about uh, the uh, difficulty adjustment. Mm -hmm. So. And since we started uh, the game with this idea already in, in mind that we don't have, uh, we don't want the game to be uh, overly challenging. And if someone wants to customize their their gameplay, they will be able to. Mm. So with this in mind, uh, we planned ahead. Uh, we figure out that we don't want uh, any of the settings to, um, for example. Uh, have any impact on achievements, so players can change those settings whenever they want. Mm -hmm. uh, it was more important for us, for the players, to have fun than to have uh, uh, like a big challenge. Gotcha. That makes good sense. And, and because you had it built in from the beginning, I, I, it's a different question now in my mind than say like, oh, adding that in at the end. So that makes perfect sense. Um, you guys got a lot of attention when we saw you guys uh, kind of debut Xbox uh, adjacent. Obviously, I'm familiar with the Xbox community mostly. Uh, how has the journey kind of from the the sharing of the initial trailers from when people got to see the last case of Benedict Fox through to release? How was that journey? Was there excitement, pressure? How did you guys feel about that? So, so first, there was a lot of uncertainty because our first more um, story-oriented game, our first game in a while, our biggest game, and so on. And uh, since we um, 
knew what we wanted to do, we took our time before we showed anyone uh, what we are making. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that we worked for a year and a half before we decided to send anyone. And uh, at that point, if you don't show the game for a year and a half, mm -hmm. you, you are sure that you have uh, <laughs> a bad game because <laughs> you're sick of it. And fortunately, when we sent the game to, to the publishers and we started pitching, uh, uh, we got very positive feedback. So, so it was a moment of uh, uh, of a bit of a pride and 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 uh, confirmation that we are heading into a right direction. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we quickly um, talked with uh, Xbox team who are very excited about the game. Mm -hmm. uh, we decided uh, they proposed for us to, to join the Game Pass, which was a huge honor for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the point where we showed the game at the um, Xbox and Bethesda showcase, mm -hmm. uh, we were extremely excited and, and very humbled by the uh, response from the players. That's so cool to hear. And, and uh, I'm happy to hear that because, you know, putting your art out there is such an exposing feeling or you feel so exposed it can be a very vulnerable place and so i'm really glad to hear that um and yeah being at the xbox bethesda showcase 2022 right 2022 yeah, yeah. yeah time is weird right post covid <laughs> even yeah. now i'm still confused um that's that's a big show to be a part of right like that's that's exciting yes um, for, for, for a tiny studio like us with our first game it was huge huge that's so cool and you said it was their proposal to go into Game Pass. Yes, that's good. Have you? That's to me. That's really cool. We talked to a lot of indie devs going on onto Game Pass. That's got to be fun uh, and exciting because it's kind of a new territory in some ways, not others, but in some. Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, uh, at, at the point where um, we got the offer, and 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 uh, we knew that. Uh, it could open up many avenues for us because Xbox team took great um, uh, care of us. So we had the access to, to, to new players. We had the access to experts. And we knew that uh, thanks to the deal, we had the ability to, to spread the wings and to try some crazy stuff that we otherwise maybe wouldn't be brave enough to, to try. Some of them worked, some of them didn't, but now we know, we learned, and uh, uh, we will be better. Are you able to give an example of what that means? Because when you say have their support and then try things, yeah. I, I don't know what exactly what that means kind of on the outside looking in. Yes. So, so for example, we took the Metroidvania and we knew that we want to have like uh, this detective story, mm -hmm. but uh, this could... And in just this sentence, we will have Metroidvania and the story will be about the detective. But since we knew that we have the uh, support of Xbox and they tried a few of those uh, uh, more uh, brave, let's say, ideas, uh, we knew that we can try uh, to dive deeper into this um, detective um, fantasy. So we've added puzzles and uh, some of them more complicated than others. Some of them uh, interwoven in the story in ways that uh, 
that maybe weren't tried before. Uh, so it was a pretty challenging process to, to, to actually combine the Metroidvania with an adventure game uh, in a way that it won't disrupt the, the, the Metroidvania aspect. Mm -hmm. So we had to be careful, but since we knew that we have the support, uh, we knew that, that we'll try for sure. Does support mean like, okay, you got funding for an extra month to build out those puzzles, to work through those things? Is that what you mean? If the, even more important was the belief that uh, what we are proposing is good. Gotcha. Because, uh, yeah, they know what they're doing. They know uh, uh, a lot more about games than we do. Mm -hmm. And since they found the idea interesting and, and fresh and new, uh, then we that gave us uh, a lot of uh, confidence that we can go even further into that area. That's really neat. And, and for any listener, I will tell you, if you're going to solve some of those puzzles, pen and paper, you're going to need a pen and paper. You need to be writing down some clues here uh, and a keen eye. Uh, very helpful there uh, for sure. Bardek, the game comes out. You get to see reception, reception things that they want you to work on, things that they loved about it. I've seen so many players enthralled with this game, people that were excited about it. Once your art is out there, uh, is the studio's work done? Is it on to the next thing or is there patching? For you guys, once it's there, what's that vibe like? What's the feeling like of seeing, all right, go, and here it is? Mm -hmm. So... Uh... One would hope that uh, the feeling would be uh, that of a closure in, in one in of sorts because we worked for so many years, uh, but this evolves quickly into a conversation with community, and this is sometimes tough, but uh, also very re rewarding because uh, uh, first of all, if you feel like an um, artist or developer, whatever, uh, it is very important to, to be humble some, sometimes and mm -hmm. to uh, get a lot of feedback, both, ne both negative and positive. And it makes you think uh, about the next projects because you already see that, uh, okay, I could have made this better and that better. And this person has a great idea and uh, we could have done uh, something, some things differently. And uh, uh, maybe the, the, the fixing part uh, that we are doing right now is not the most pleasurable part of it, but uh, uh, we can't wait to, 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 to show what we've learned and what we are still learning because we try to uh, read every every sort of feedback. We are very active on, on forums, on, on Twitter, on, on Discord, and we are talking with the community. And we think that we know uh, uh, what they want and what they expect from, from our next uh, patches and maybe in future next games. So this is the question that I'm so proud of because I thought of this on my own and I'm sure I'm not the only person. Uh, my closing question for you is <clears throat> is this the last case of benedict fox so yeah it's if, cheesy right but i'm proud of it, it. <laughs> <laughs> if someone finished the game already 
and watch the post credit scene, mm -hmm. then they know. Then they know. Then they know. Is this a character that you would explore in any way, shape, or form? DLC, new game, whatever. Would you like to revisit Benedict Fox in any way, shape, or form uh, more sustainably? See, I'm trying to be vague. Never say never. Never say never. Good answer. Uh, Bartek, thank you so much for joining me today. Congratulations on uh, releasing. Of course, Last Case of Benedict Fox is out on, on PC uh, and on Xbox. Uh, please let people know what to look forward to, where to find you if they're interested in uh, learning more about the game and, and uh, checking it out on socials and such. Yes, uh, and thank you for the invitation, of course. It was a pleasure. So you can find us at, uh, at Plot Twist Games and uh, on Twitter. And uh, feel free to, to comment wherever you can on Steam forums, on Twitter, on the uh, our uh, publisher Rogues, uh, Rogue Games uh, Discord, where we are also very active. Uh, come talk to us and uh, uh, play the game. There you go. Listeners, again, it, the game is available on Game Pass. You can check it out over on Steam, uh, Deluxe Editions uh, and whatnot, all available. Definitely check out the soundtrack. And listeners, remember you can uh, follow XEP on all your platform services for more interviews and support us over on Patreon if that's a thing. Bardek, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you.